if I could describe shit with one word, it would be loony. The fuck is going on? Why people so mad? Some mad at others. Others mad at themselves. Everybody trying to get out of some kind of hell. Keep hoping and hanging in there. Fuck the flare. Be fearless. Be unbelievably unapologetic. Unapologetic. Welcome to Unapologetic. And welcome to the season finale of season two. Religion and spirituality have become two very different practices, although they serve the same purpose. They each provide you with peace, clarity, and understanding of the world around you. But in today's society, one is more acceptable than the other, or so it may seem. Religion has a bad rep for being a cash-guzzling scheme of false prophets, and spirituality gets a ton of comparisons to voodoo and black magic. Which one do we need, though? Which one will bring us closer to those pearly gates? That is the real question that I seek to answer. Because this life in its physical form is only temporary. But where the soul is, is where we will live forever. Religion ain't all that bad though. Despite its bad reputation, religion has brought many people to the light and the land of righteousness. It is often passed down through the earliest form of communication, storytelling. Religious leaders use written texts specific to their religion in order to enlighten the community. It almost remains as innocent as that until you start to factor in how many different religions there are, the amount of profit that these holier-than-thou leaders accumulate annually, and the demographic of the leaders that are appointed. Before we get to the difficult questions, Let's work through the first one. There are a total of five most prominent religions in the world. The most popular one being Christianity. The second one is Islam. Third are secular slash non-religious denominations. Fourth is Hinduism. And coming in last is Buddhism. Now, out of these top five most practiced religions, there are a total of 81 identifiable religious groups and an estimated of 4,200 different religions that were ever created. To start a religion, all that is needed is a holy scripture, a list of rituals, a belief system, aesthetics that represent your religion, and a clear and direct way to generate a following. Which translates to me that really anybody can start a religion as long as they have the right tools. The second question that needs to be answered is how much profit are these average Joe as leaders bringing in? The average pastor salary in the United States is about $95,000 as of April 27, 2019. This number varies depending on the amount of education the leader has and the policies set in place by the local church. Oftentimes, there are also many benefits packages set into place and also an option to issue a housing allowance over all the money that they touch. This essentially means that the pastor can dictate how much money is needed from the church funds in order for them to maintain upkeep of their primary residence. To me, this means that those building funds that the churches love to beg for 
are obviously not for the church building itself, but the houses that these religious leaders and their families live in, which does not translate to me as an agreeable surcharge for the church goers. Why should we have to pay to keep your lights on in your house, and in return to keep ours on, all you can offer is prayer? Seems pretty backwards. Let's keep it about the facts though, cause shit like this starts to make me mad. The last question, and probably the most irritating one, is about the demographic of these religious leaders. This industry is dominated by 91% of males and 9% females, which really makes me scratch my head. Are women not trustworthy in leading people and only serve purpose standing next to a man? Why don't female religious leaders receive the same credit and funding as their male counterparts? Overall, what I've gathered from all of this information is that religion is yet another political playground in which men are on the swings and women are patiently waiting in line. It becomes less about the teaching and less about helping people change from their evil ways and more about how they can keep that money rolling in. I've read my Bible plenty of times and I really don't recall ever reading about God taking money in relation to all of the goodness that he done for the world. He wasn't walking around with a collection plate. He wasn't living in some mansion on a hill. He was a dirt poor man with the soul of an angel. Religion has turned into something so ugly and so negative. And although I've accepted God into my life as my Lord and Savior, my spiritual strength is what keeps me grounded. Knowing that God is already within me and not an outside force that I am waiting to rescue. What religion lacks in empathy, spirituality makes up for in logic. What we seek is already written for us. All we have to do is gain access to it. Spirituality doesn't have one meaning. It is a lifelong quest that varies from person to person. On this quest, each person seeks to make a connection between self and the outside world, and also the meaning of life. Spirituality and religion do share a few common factors, which include a strong belief, comfort in practice, reflection from teachings, and ethics. However, the power in spirituality is in its responsibility. Each person is obligated to find their own methods and make their own connections that will help them manifest the life that they are seeking to live. There's also a huge emphasis on emotional health that helps guide each person through a negative lifestyle and to a positive one. Like religion, there are people that make a profit from these teachings, like yoga instructors, crystal and stone jewelry makers, and mediums. The difference is that these people do not proclaim that their methods are the end-all be-all to your everlasting life. They simply declare that through proper usage, these teachings will help you on your daily fight to the life you want to live, which always stood out more to me. Because I was raised in the church for so long and at such a young age, I've always had a clear understanding of higher power. What I always struggled with it's how I relate in relation to that higher power. It's every single mistake I make a tally mark on my chart of evil, and if I gain so many, do I get a go to hell free card? 
Or are there ways to repent that offer more of an understanding of myself and my triggers and my trauma? I've found a great deal of peace in my daily rituals, which include daily affirmations, along with a burning of either an incense of my choice or sage. And that has helped me calm my inner wild child. It has also given me the confidence to be more in tune with my body and live a healthier lifestyle. Hell no, I ain't vegan. And I don't know if I ever will be. But I think about what I put in my body a whole lot more than I ever have. A lady also once gave me an entire case of stones that she prayed over and found her own comfort in. And once I brought them home, I did the exact same thing. There is so much beauty in nature that we oftentimes take for granted because we swear up and down we got bigger shit to worry about. As a Chicagoan, I know for a fact that nature has a big ass influence on me and how I move day by day. The nastier the weather is, the nastier I feel. And my connection to the outside world keeps me afloat during moments of spontaneity. My belief in a higher power keeps me humble and is a forever reminder that I am not perfect and nobody is. And through my spiritual guidance, I continue to blossom into the beautiful flower that I am meant to be. There's no actual proof that either one of these will guarantee a slot into heaven. And if that's all you're seeking, then you are already lost in the sauce. Life is beautiful. Life is everlasting, even when the physical form has disintegrated. Our spirits live forever. Our souls rest peacefully. Be grateful for everything you have now, or watch it all fade away. I know God is real. Whether their name is Allah, Buddha, or Yahweh, I know for a fact that a higher power exists. My entire life has been a story of strife and triumph. And every time I've gotten close to giving up, I hear that same voice in my head that tells me to keep going. When I first started this podcast, I had no idea what it would manifest into. Of course, at first, I just wanted to be at the forefront of the podcasters in my city. But it is so much deeper than that for me. Writing is therapy. And being able to share my truth and leave a piece of me behind on this earth has shown me the true meaning of purpose. And one year and two seasons later, without all of your love and support, I would not have had the strength to go on. It is because all of you that one year later, Unapologetic is more than just an idea that popped inside my head. It's more than just a brand. It's more than just a show. It is me. And from the bottom and top of my heart, I want to thank each and every one of you. For every like, share, retweet, review, and listen. I am so grateful for you all. A special thanks to my mommy for always dropping that heat on the intros and picking up her pen again. Another shout out to my graphic designer, John, aka Art Monster, for working with me through all of the bullshit disagreements and unnecessary pressure. And when I return off summer break, yes, a bitch is allowed to actually enjoy her life every now and again. This show will be bigger. This show will be better. This is only the beginning, y'all, and I still can't believe we are one year in. Be sure to follow the official Unapologetic Instagram at 
unapologetic.thepodcast for all updates. Just because the podcast is going on break don't mean the movement stops. I'll be back soon, my love. Same time, same place. I'm your host, Juicy J, and you already know what the fuck's going on.